0: Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of this Minnesota Football Podcast. My name is still Josh Norris. His name is still Ian Harditz. That is John Daigle.
2: Not in my personal fantasy championship, but hopefully we can help some people get to their fantasy championship.
0: Well, I'm sure we have. I'm I'm sure we all did very well this weekend. I didn't because Kenyon Drake just had another agenda.
2: The the final round, the semifinals of the Scott Fish Bowl, me and one other person in our conference were trying to get to the final round, and I am down by two points, Michael Thomas, me, versus Drew Brees. I don't know how I get there, but...
0: Let's spend the next 45 minutes just talking about our fantasy teams rather than <laughs> everyone out there.
2: Well, we're going to reflect. If we're going to reflect on everyone, I would to reflect on mine because Scott Bishop's is a big deal. But- uh,
0: Dave, before we get to football and, Ian, the last week of fantasy football for the entire season. Fantasy football, yes. Regular season. Although there will be
2: add. a Week 17 waiver wire column. Okay. I've been told this from the hierarchy.
0: Uh, Dave, I have a question for you. What's up? At 12.27 a.m. Oh, I was, I was wondering we were going to bring this up. I'm- I didn't. Saturday I didn't know you were gonna night. do a pod though. On Saturday night, I'm sorry. I was in my bed. Actually, yeah. I wasn't. I was watching UFC. That's right. But you didn't know what I was doing. I was living my second life. Nope. And I got a text from John Daigle, just a video. I think I'm watching now. Two people singing Disney Princess melodies. Yep. Why? Why did I get that?
2: I went down the, I went down the YouTube. I, so I was watching. I just want to fit in with my friends. So I started watching UFC, right? Because that's all the two of you talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's not that great, by the way. But. I'm still up watching it, but I have it on mute so I'm doing other things on my computer and I'm going down the rabbit hole of as you know I watch a lot of freestyle. I, I don't ask me how or why. I,
0: no, that's not something I knew.
2: I love hip hop music so I watch a lot of freestyle. So, as Ian's watching the video, I got there's a after I got to watching Hamilton videos of them performing <laughs> at the White House and then led me down Disney princess medleys which then included a an eight-minute combination, I guess, a medley between two women singing at a karaoke bar, but they're like battling one another yeah. via Disney princess medleys so I was like, Josh May thinks this is entertaining, just because last week, if you want to get my,
0: I'm just asking you to get my hold. No, no, no. If you it's want to put great. mine out of the, I'm open, enjoying if it. If you
2: recall, after once we hung out last week together, we ended up coming back at whatever time, uh, karaokeing Disney princess melodies in the car.
0: Now it's sure. all out on the
2: table for everybody.
0: But this was a week later. Like you're still hanging on to that moment, and I, I enjoyed. it. I just wanted I to cherish my moments with my friends, Josh. I <laughs> just wanted to bring it up because I was surprised. In fact, I didn't even respond to it. It's a lot. That's of how much I enjoyed the the link. John
1: said, uh, "You know, UFC's not that great." So yeah, keep enjoying your Disney princess melodies, man. <laughs> just
2: and re- and well, you didn't mention that I also whatever. stayed up till one watching wrestling last just, night.
0: Just so. Ian slightly inserting himself as an alpha in every scenario is another thing that I'm learning. <laughs> as this is even hard.
1: We're talking about Disney melodies or the best in the world fighting. The right, best whatever. in the
0: world. Uh, so, just like last week, why don't we do some bad beats? You know, a lot of people had some bad beats this weekend. It was a weird, wild weekend of week 15 action. So, we reached out, asked people to send us, vent to us, and we can commiserate together. We have a number got a of lot them. Too. We got <laughs> yeah. a lot Which of is them. fine. Sure. Let's start off with Big Nate. I had Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, and Prashad Perryman on my bench today. Instead, I played Odell Beckham, Julian Edelman, and Darius Slayton. I guess the point of this is to, one, wonder if we could have seen this coming, and, two, uh, try to give Big Nate a little bit of a pat on the back and be like, hey, it's okay, you still got next season coming up.
1: I think the only one that was maybe a mistake there was Darius Slayton. I know he had the big game with Eli back. eight. You know, Now, after he scored yesterday, he's got eight touchdowns. As a rookie, pretty select company. I mean, he's had a good year. But with that said, I mean, Miles Sanders, just with the way the Eagles offense is so banked up right now, we knew he was looking at around 15 touches. A.J. Brown, you know, we hyped him up the entire pregame show yeah. with just how good he is. I just think Sanders and Brown particularly were talented options that we could put in for similar workloads that just have way less competition in their offense. You know, Rashad Perryman, three touchdowns on six targets. That's going to happen. I wouldn't kick yourself too hard for not throwing him in the lineup, but I think the Slayton call is the only one that's maybe a little bit off.
2: Totally agree. We support your happiness no matter what, Big Nate. But had you tuned in to the Sunday morning show, (laughs) we would have talked you off of Odell and onto OJ Brown because we were very high on A.J. Brown. And Slayton was a toss-up, honestly, and even if it was just Slayton for Perryman, I think that would have been a toss-up as well, because as we noted on Sunday, Slayton's performance in the past week against the Eagles all came in one quarter, just Mm -hmm. like one little stretch.
0: The Julian Edelman decision was a difficult one as well, because it was one of those scenarios where we knew Edelman had missed a good amount of time during the week, then he goes out against a very easy matchup and does very little. And once the Patriots had a lead, they just didn't need to use him. And so this was one of those weeks that other Patriots receivers like Nikhil Harry stepped up. And so Julian Edelman, I think, had like 19 yards. The
2: Patriots passed for 116 yards on 31 dropbacks.
0: backs. Edelman's been 31. Like going to something here's a PPR
1: wide receiver four. like he needs to be in your starting lineup. Oh so no,
0: I agree. Okay. Yeah. But, but it was also one where we knew he was going to play. Although it was a game time decision, I believe, rap sheet suggested that heading into the game. Yeah. And it could have been a blow up spot in some ways, but like now looking back, and this might be revisionist, Ian, it was also one where, like, sure, this Patriots offense hasn't been good at all, but they're also facing the Bengals, and no matter what, you knew they were going to win this game. Yeah. And probably pretty handily.
1: I know what you're saying. We were even mentioning before, like, this could be a Sony
0: Michelle game script right. type game. So, no, I, I could see the potential holes. Like, but... meanwhile, and again, this is looking back, but A.J. Brown probably was the better play going against an equally awful defense in the Houston Texans and someone who has been playing like a top ten wide receiver in recent weeks as well.
1: I think A.J. Brown definitely over Slayton, but yeah.
0: OBJ and Edelman, I, I'm not going to fault them too bad.
2: Yeah, I, you were starting Edelman no matter what.
0: Next up, skiing with Dynamite. Amazing handle. Nice. Mm-hmm. Started band Leonard band. Fournette over Kenyon Drake, and skiing with Dynamite ended up losing by three points in his fantasy league. Um You guys know how I feel about Leonard Fournette. Kenyon Drake, though, is a name where, yes, heading into this one, I absolutely would have suggested Kenyon Drake as the start because... Over Fournette? Yes. What? No. Well, No, I don't think Leonard Fournette's good at football. Kenyon Drake's a better football player. He still
2: got 20 touches yesterday, though.
0: That's fine. We get 20 touches all the time from Leonard Fournette, and 18 of them equal... 46 yards, and then he has to reel off one run for 40 yards. I mean, he's, he's a mid-tier, like, RB1 on the season.
1: You act like he just hasn't been doing anything all year. I know he's only scored a few times. The guy's been racking up
0: yards still. But hasn't Kenyon Drake also, when he's the starter, been a mid-tier one, running back one as well?
1: I see. <sighs> he was the overall, he was the RB21 since joining the Cardinals. He was getting 14-plus touches per game. Like, good play over Fournette, though. The only
0: guy with a Fournette workload is McCaffrey. And clearly, he's not McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean the talent disparity between the two. And I understand facing the Oakland Raiders is an easy matchup, one of the easiest ones of the weekend. It
2: didn't matter because he still he still ran for two point eight yards per carry. Correct. But but he got twenty
0: touches. I mean, this is all backing up my. Uh, Yeah, yeah, you know, this
2: is why I just like this is why I like DFS as well because you can uh, incentivize yourself by playing Kenyon Drake uh, in a bottle immediately, whereas Fournette and Kenyon Drake, it just it doesn't make sense when you can have either in season long, to me, to play Drake over Fournette. I don't think that was the wrong decision at all. Mm. all. No, I agree. And I know it came back to haunt you. you.
0: Where do you stand on Fournette? Like, are you excited about him heading into 2020? I think it
2: sucks rostering him in fantasy because he's in a position where you know what he's going to get and you know it doesn't matter. So it's it's the worst rostering him.
1: He's just like a poor man's Derrick Henry. I think I mean in every way possible he does break off these big runs at times but it's way less frequent yeah that's fair and uh, he just doesn't have I mean Henry like he falls forward for four yards even though he's only playing with one hamstring uh, right now I mean Fournette it's just been a rough sledding pretty much all year
2: it was correct for us in the industry to be ahead of Fournette like if we go back to our best ball tiers and our rankings in the magazine and whatnot a lot of us were very high on Fournette that was correct but the not being able to cover himself in touchdown deodorant and not being able to muster anything over. Like, he's averaging 3.2 yards per carry over the last five games. Like, this offense has just kind of lost it. The 73 lost catches it. this year. Sure. Yeah.
0: That's, I mean, I, it's, I mean, he, it's also a back. Is just,
2: that's the thing that you should
0: With good. zero acceleration, who can't score near the goal line.
2: He's healthy. He may not be able to move, but he's and healthy. every
0: sing- This is kind of the point, and you guys. In many ways, are smarter at me when it comes to knowing the formula of who to play. But and what videos to look up so on much, so much of fantasy seems reliant on volume, right? But at some point, we have to just look at talent. At some point we have to look at talent and say Leonard Fournette at best is an average running back in the NFL. And Kenyon Drake has looked a lot better than Leonard Fournette with equal volume, without equal volume this year. And that's what makes me come to the decision, one, that Kenyon Drake's just a better football player. And I understand that 20 plus touches, yada yada with Fournette has maximized him as a mid-tier running back one throughout the season. But it's not with with good play at all. He's he has no acceleration. He's a not a bad I mean, I,
2: I agree with everything you said. I, I just look at usage though. You're telling me a running back is playing against Oakland on yeah. every single down. I'm taking that still. I don't think it was the, bad, the wrong call.
1: And look, Drake hadn't been playing bad with the Cardinals, but he scored in week nine, hadn't really found the end zone since. This offense looked awful the previous two weeks. I saw this. I, I was very confident the Cardinals were going to smack the Browns. I mean, it was a good spot, but I, I don't think it was an outright play them over Fournette.
2: Big no. picture here, because I've been getting a jump on a top 150 free agents list to release right after the Super Bowl, and Kenyon Drake is included in this list. What do the Cardinals do with Drake, with David Johnson also on that money and Chase Edmonds on his rookie contract?
0: Yeah, I have no idea. It's interesting. I'm so glad we'll get to review each of these teams and get to that later on the season because right now, sitting here on Monday morning of heading into week 16, I have no clue Yeah. because Mm -hmm. David Johnson's contract is one that they obviously gave him, and I think David Johnson's looked decent in recent weeks, but he's certainly not the talent that Kenyon Drake or even probably Chase Edmonds is right now.
2: Sure, and lesser run. Like, Kenyon Drake has pretty much been bottled his whole career. He hasn't gotten full run the entire time, so he's healthy.
0: Right, exactly, and that's also one where David Johnson is who he is right now in week 16 of the season based on getting beat up and being injured at points this year, and Kenyon Drake, like you said, has been healthy.
1: There's an offense that I don't think needs to invest any more money at running back, back, though. It's this one. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I've sure. been trying to look at, like, yards before contact on a team-wide scale every week, and the Cardinals are, like, right there behind the Ravens. Their offensive line ranks towards the bottom of the league, but Kingsbury, even though the passing game has kind of been up and down, he's been scheming the running backs' as success
0: all year.
2: I guess the the difference is this contract for Drake will not reset the market, whereas, like, Zeke, like, why are you paying this much money?
0: Yeah. More Kenyon Drake being the thorn in people's sides this weekend. Uh, Chris Winters swapped out Kenyon Drake for Miles Sanders. Or excuse me, Emmanuel Sanders. Oh. I gave him some credit at the, at the start. At 3.55, so just before kickoff, it was a brutal day from his wide receivers. Yes, Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman, and DK Metcalf. Travis Energy, Look at that. Edelman, DK that hurts. Metcalf. The swap was almost a 40-point difference. Emmanuel Sanders, 1.9 points. Kenyon Drake, 41 points. Don't trust the Yahoo projections. Come on, <laughs> we know this by now. No offense to the Yahoo people at all. They're fine. Good they're, people. they're
1: just so based on season long, I think they struggled to correct it to weekly matchups well, a little
0: bit more, but... But here's the thing. Emmanuel Sanders, when he had been playing 80% of the snaps, was highly productive right? Either like a touchdown or six or seven catches in each game. And so he was basically a consistent wide receiver too in a lot of those stretches. And we expected him to play 80% of the snaps against the Falcons. just didn't happen this weekend for anyone other than George Kittle basically in that offense. So the
1: game script ended up being fine for Sanders, but some of the things we were talking about Edelman, I think we also probably should have seen here with Hmm. Manny Sanders, just this being a spot where it looked like the 49ers were going to be able to have their way with the Falcons. Clearly that didn't happen. You know, I don't think we gave enough credit to some of those injuries on the 49ers' uh, uh, defensive side of the ball. But, now I think this one, I mean, probably probably should have played Drake. It's, it's tough when you make these last-second decisions. I mean, I, I swapped out Curtis Samuel for um, – Clearly, like, it doesn't matter. For Sterling Shepard, like, the fact I had to make that decision anyway can, Sucks. T- can tell you how that matchup went. But I don't know. Like, we have all week to make these decisions, and then I know how pressing it can be to tinker at the last second. But, you know, we always talk about this in DFS, like, don't tinker – an hour before, because your emotions just get the best of you. I just let the lineup sit. Do
2: you want to go really behind the scenes, I think having the show one hour before lineup lock has helped me in DFS cash games, because I don't get to tinker anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's it, well, it has its disadvantages and advantages. But either way, you said the first three receivers. Uh, DK Metcalf was the one I was thinking, but had you asked yesterday, I still would have started Metcalf over Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, James Bradbury has been, he's allowed 27 catches on, on 35 targets the last, since week eight, the last half of the season. So he's been uh, beatable in this second half. And I think I still would have played, I know I still would have played Drake over Sanders. Uh, because remember, David Johnson's touches the week prior came out of game script. Like it was out of hand already. So we still assume Drake was the workhorse for this team. And I would have just gone with those touches instead. Not to put salt in the wound.
0: Before we move on, tis the season forgiving here at World. And we're getting into the holiday spirit and want to give back to our loyal users. So we've launched the 12 Days of Roto Holiday Giveaway every day for the next 12 days. Well, I guess we're in the middle of it right now. We're promoting a premium product, flash giveaway products, promo codes, and times will all change each day. So you have to monitor our site for breaking news banners and our Twitter accounts for details each day. And each giveaway will only last one hour. So go and act fast. Just, you know, constantly refresh that Twitter feed, that Instagram account. That rudderwell.com website.
2: What day is this now? How many more days do we have till Christmas? That's what I should be asking.
0: Uh, ten. Ten. Okay. If my math is correct.
1: I gotta stop waiting until Christmas Eve to buy presents. <laughs> <sighs> What's the best gift you ever received, Ian? Best gift I ever received? Oh, now that was a birthday present. My mom got me these pair of Nike shocks when I was like in fifth grade, and they were like my first truly fresh pair
0: of shoes. Remember and the I was Nike so shocks? Happy. Like, the course, ones yeah. that, like, had the little circles at the bottoms were so ugly. No oh, offense. They were so cool, man. I don't know they what you're talking cool about. They were cool
2: for the era, yeah. yeah. Era-adjusted. They're amazing. Era-adjusted. What, what was, the, uh, <laughs> what was the, your best gift you ever received?
0: Um, Man, that's a fair question. The one I always go back to was when I was really, really little. I have a brother who's just a year older than me, and we were probably, like, four and three, and we go downstairs, and it was one of those electronic cars that you get into and one person at the steering wheel, one person sits uh, in the passenger seat. And we were obsessed with fire trucks at the time. Like my mom and dad would just take us down to the fire station. We'd just hang out with the firemen because we just loved it. And so it was a fire truck. They got us a fire truck to drive around in. My brother, as soon as he walks down into the room, says, oh, Josh, police car. And I go, no, fire truck, Brian. Police car, police car. So then I just had to like look around and start calling it a police car, even though I knew it was a fire truck. I wish I had one of those. Sounds fun. Now? I don't yeah, know if could sure. eh, you could know, We'll see. Let's we get a life-size try. one. We could try.
1: <laughs> let get a life-size <laughs> Just one. Just become an actual fireman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, OK, next up, continuing these bad beats. Look, we had some ones that were lineup decisions. Now, let's move on over to ones that, you know. You had no game control script, over? No control yeah, over. Those are
2: the ones that hurt the most, honestly, because that gives you false
0: hope. This is from Stefan DeFerrari. Thought I was going to win because of Jameis Winston. Dalvin Cook got hurt. No one else showed up. He left Devontae Parker on his bench, and in the end, he lost after that final second Julio Jones touchdown. Big yikes.
2: Why did I was I'm, I would be curious, Stefan, who you left Parker on your bench for? Because Parker was in a great spot yesterday. Like he practiced in full on Friday, hmm. and then was cleared. Like we figured he would be cleared from protocol after he practiced.
0: So it's only a two wide receiver league. He had Amari Cooper and Kenny Galladay ahead of Devonte Parker, and then also started Leonard Fournette in his flex instead of Devonte. Okay,
2: I agree with all those decisions.
0: Yeah, it's just tough. That just that one just hurts. This is what he should have done. And we'll get into this name in a little bit. Are you going to say bench Fournette again? No, the other running back spot, he started Patrick Laird instead of Leonard Fournette in the flex. Oh, okay, that's So you start Fournette instead of Laird, and then you start Parker in that flex spot. Yeah, come on, man. That's what it should have been.
2: Yep, I agree with that. Uh, And, you know, Laird was seeing run yesterday, but it turns out he's not good. So they had to bench him, like, in the second half because he also had two big drops.
1: How could we
0: have ever had the foresight (laughs) to see that that coming? coming? But, hey, he's a good guy. Uh, Here's another one from Fantasy Alpha. He was winning one hundred and twenty seven to one hundred and twenty five then after said Julio touchdown that Stefan lost on Raheem Mostert fumbled oh, on the kickoff so that brings it to one twenty five one twenty five tie so that means the higher score in his lineup is the tiebreaker his opponent had Christian McCaffrey thirty seven points Fantasy Alpha had thirty one points that, that means he I kind of like that tiebreaker rule with that said like decimals what,
1: what are I we agree. doing here yeah. we need
0: half points we need partial we need, points. We need point
2: two points. Yeah. I don't decimals.
0: understand why any league goes on now in twenty nineteen and only goes in full point scoring. Yep. Decimals and get
1: rid of kickers. I do kinda do
0: like this like highest scoring. Wins it's it's it. better than bench.
1: It's
2: something it's better
1: than a tie as well. I'm gonna say I know a lot of tiebreakers are like highest bench score sometimes is what hmm. decides it. And I like the highest individual score. It's more.
2: something unique for sure. But yeah, we should Definitely be getting rid of defenses and kickers for two flex spots. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's without a doubt. All
0: right, let's close with this one, the Bad Beats segment. Um, Jeremy Hennigan was ahead by 2.92 points on the final drive of Sunday Night Football. uh, His opponent had the Buffalo defense. So, we know that Doug Hodges gets sacked on that final drive and then throws an interception. So, ultimately, Jeremy loses by .08 points. Oh. Crushing. Crushing, you want to give up fantasy football. Yeah.
1: And this is why you shouldn't have decimals in your (laughs) fantasy. That's so brutal. That is is brutal.
0: brutal. And uh,
2: his team name is cut off, but the first before it gets abbreviated is put Coughlin in.
0: Oh, no. And the other part of this is Jeremy started the week with Lamar Jackson and still lost. Oh. How, How bad do you feel about yourself as a fantasy football player if you started the week with here 37 points or some cases 42 points of Lamar Jackson? And then you're like, oh, I've got this in the bank. And then you head on, you have people like Dalvin Cook, maybe an Amari Cooper, so on and so forth, who just put up nothing in that final lineup.
1: Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, I lost one with Lamar and McCaffrey, but, you know, that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. I have a question, though, about—it's not even exactly related to this, but I know in some leagues a fumble is minus two fantasy points and an interception is only minus one. Can we change that? Like, hmm. they should both be one or two. Okay,
0: here's, here's my suggestion. Why not have, I think, I mean, interception should be minus two no matter what. Yeah. But why not have every fumble, not just fumbles lost, count as minus Ooh. one point? So if it's lost, it'd be two and normal one? I just think everything is just one. No, I
2: agree. Okay. Every fumble one. Yeah. I'm cool with I'm that. I'm agree with that. Lost or not, every fumble. Yeah. Hold yeah, on to the agree ball. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Because I, once it hits the ground, it is fumble luck.
2: I, yeah. I just think it's still crazy, and I've been saying this for the last decade, that it's 2019 now and we haven't all sat around a table and just agreed on a universal scoring system. It is insane that we all can't just and I understand we can't agree on anything in this country, but <laughs> we should be able to agree on fantasy scoring.
0: Well, one of my <laughs> one of my favorite things every Sunday on Rotarod Live is that people say that their league is full-point PPR scoring, then ask us a quarterback question. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> which one might catch a pass? Yeah. Full
1: PPR, Brady versus. wonderful. Yeah.
0: Speaking of Roto-World Live, by the way, we're switching it to Saturday this week because there are three extremely good matchups on Saturday, including important fantasy pieces. So noon Eastern, Saturday, twitch.tv slash Roto-World. will be answering your fantasy championship lineup questions, previewing games as well. And then, you know, the replay will be up on YouTube and Twitch as well, so you can watch that Sunday morning if you have this routine that you're going
2: But the review with. pod is still Sunday overnight.
0: Yes. Okay.
2: But hey, you can get a jump on it behind the scenes. And then I'm going to drive down to Charlotte. Oh yeah, then you're there going you over go. a little okay. bit.
0: Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Many people are unaware that driving while high can be just as dangerous. In 2015, 42% of drivers killed in crashes tested positive for drugs. Not so harmless after all. Is it? And get this, from 2007 to 2015, marijuana use among drivers killed in crashes doubled. The truth is, driving while high is deadly. So stop kidding yourself. If you're impaired from alcohol or drugs, don't get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message has been brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. This is our last Tuesday podcast for a while. We got one's at Christmas not, party, though.
2: It's just one week. Too. Just one week.
0: Is this your first company Christmas party coming up, Ian? I already picked out my outfit. You have an outfit? It's just a Des Bryant Christmas sweater that says Merry Xmas. Well, don't it ruin is. it. You spoiled it for me. Surprise you possession. Oh, I wanted to see it. You How go, long have you had that for? You should go blazer overs. Blazer, blazer. Oh, oh, overs. I like it's that. A, yeah.
2: <laughs> that way it's also fashionable.
0: There we go. <laughs> Dagle, let's hit on your waiver column uh, because it's an important week. A lot happened this weekend that can change some important pieces again as we hit the fantasy championship. The first up is Brashad Perryman, who we touched on earlier. Against the Detroit Lions, an awful defense. Perryman stepped into that second wide receiver role six targets, five receptions, 113 yards and three touchdowns. Next up, he gets an awful Houston Texans secondary. Yeah. You know, there were questions heading into this game because we knew Mike Evans was out for the season. Who was going to be that second receiver opposite Chris Godwin? Now we also know that Chris Godwin exited this matchup. So Mm -hmm. Prashad Perryman features maybe as a wide receiver one. And Bruce
2: Arians said it doesn't look good for
0: Chris Godwin. Scotty Miller, it was a re-aggravation from his
2: hamstring injury that kept him out the two games prior. So, really, it looks like they are going to move forward with a quarterback who has attempted the most passes in the league with Rashad Perryman, Justin Watson, and Ismael Heyman. Hyman, I believe the voice. Yeah, one of the two. Let's go. Yeah, it's a <laughs> receiver, by the way. Oh <laughs> um, so that's the three wide set, likely for the team's final two games. And Perryman, we saw him step in. Um, he had led them in, in routes run. He had run 50 routes run, I believe, in their past two weeks heading into Sunday. And he had a rapport with Jameis Winston. We saw him do this last year over the final month with the Browns, and now at T10s, I guess, be doing it again with the Bucks. Uh, I still like Justin Watson, and Justin Watson will still be on the waiver wire, but it's clear now that Perryman is the guy who will step in and be used frequently.
1: Yeah, and I was wondering going into this if Watson would be the Evans replacement. We see Perryman and Scotty kind of take that field stretcher role. No, Perryman was the every snap guy, so I'm with you there. I would point out O.J. Howard, eight targets, Cam Brate seven targets. I mean, they're using their tight ends a lot more. It's kind of like Philly with all these injuries at wide receiver. They are kind of forced to use their tight ends more in the passing game. So against Houston, I don't think – I would put Howard above Bray because of the snaps, but I think they're both decent tight end streamers as well.
0: You mentioned Perryman's play with the Browns last year to close out the year. You remember he signed, basically was agreed to a contract extension with the Browns during yep. the offseason. Then when they traded for Odell Beckham, he's like, nah, get me out of here. I'm going to go to the Tampa Bay Bucks." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny because Rashad Perryman has five touchdowns in the season. Odell just has two, oh. which is crazy. study. Think about. All right, moving on. Danny Amendola next up. Uh, maybe one of his best weeks since week one. Uh, Danny Mandola against the said Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. 13 whopping tar- targets from David Blau. Eight receptions, 102 yards. Next up against the Denver Broncos. Dave, I'm just going to say it. There's no way I want to rely on Danny Amendola in my face. I don't either.
2: I don't don't blame you. I don't either. But people will be desperate. Some people may have missed out on Perryman and Watson. Some people may have to look to after losing Chris Godwin, Danny Mm -hmm. Amendola. And the fact is he at the very least likely won't get you a goose egg in the fantasy championship. Uh, 29 targets now from David Blau the past three games. 20 team high, 24% target share in that span. Meanwhile, Kenny Galladay his last 11 quarters, because remember, he had two catches, 104 yards and a touchdown in his first quarter from Blau on Thanksgiving. The last 11 quarters, 16% target share, uh, 11 total catches for 156 yards and one score. So basically just an afterthought because Blau doesn't throw downfield. Um, He had a couple deep chunks on extending plays outside of the pocket yesterday. But even one of them was a 56 yard catch to Amandola. Hmm. So I think Amendola at the very least offers you four or five points. And I know you don't want four or five points, but in a desperation spot, there are people that have to lean on him.
0: And you've talked about this, that, you know, you're not necessarily deciding who you're going to start on Tuesday and Wednesday, but just go out and try to have the best bench on Tuesday and Wednesday hmm. and adding Danny Amendola, who might see some volume, probably is the best avenue for that. And this. You know, might not be true, but in my head, early in the season when I was watching T.J. Hawkinson and Danny Mandola, they were kind of playing a, a complementary role to each other. And now with Hawkinson out for the remainder of the year, which happened, I believe, last week or the week before, Danny Mendola probably is going to be the king of that middle of the field area. And that showed up this past weekend against Tampa
1: Bay. You no know, Marvin Jones, too, just reinforces that point. And yeah, it's, you know, not the worst matchup in the world, world in Denver. Maybe not ideal, but... Chris
0: Harris, best nickelback of the decade, no longer plays in the slot for whatever reason, so Mm -hmm. he's set up pretty well. And again, these are just a few (coughs) names from John Daigle's waiver column. Go and check out the full one up on Roto World because I'm sure he'll have names like Greg Ward, so on and so forth in that as well. I'm going to have to write about
2: Greg Ward, aren't
0: I? Yes, you are. Let's close it out with (coughs) the Minnesota backfield situation. Uh, Mike Boone stepped in for an injured Dalvin Cook. 13 carries, 56 yards, and two touchdowns against the Los Angeles Chargers in very, very positive game script. Next up, Daigle, is the Green Bay Packers, and they're pretty bad defense as well. Mm-hmm. So, Mike Boone, Alexander Madison's lurking, still coming back from an injury. Uh, this is a backfield that can obviously produce a running back one, a top 12 score. We don't know if it's going to be Mike Boone, though.
2: There is a lot to unpack here. Yes. So. Alexander Madison missed three consecutive practices and was ruled out on Friday. That leaves his availability for this upcoming week ominous at the very least. We're going to know more by Wednesday and Thursday and Friday as we get practice reports this week. However, this would still be Mike Boone's backfield if Dalvin Cook stays out after, they said it wasn't a reaggravation, but if that's not the case.
0: So here it is. Here's the quote. Yes, Mike Zimmer was asked whether the injury to Dalvin Cook sustained to his shoulder, is the same one as the has been lingering since the Broncos game? Quote: No, it's not. And whether he knows Dalvin Cook's timeline for recovery? No, I do not.
2: So if it's not a reaggravation, that's just like he's the flesh wound knight from. Uh, <laughs> he's just like sitting there battling. For Monty with, Python. No, with, yeah, for Monty Python, he's like no arms flailing. Like so, either way though. Also, something interesting to note: Remember, if the Ram, the Rams have to win out, and the Vikings have to lose out for the Rams to make the playoffs. The Rams play Saturday night. The Vikings are gonna know Sunday morning if this game even means anything, mm. which means they could limit Dalvin Cook. So ideally, you may not have room for this. Ideally, you want Madison, pending injury reports, and Boone. But right now, if you told me you have to do it, and this is Monday, but you have to do it in a vacuum, yeah, one I guess or the you, other. Ha- you have to do Boone. Like, wow. You have to right now.
1: Over Madison you're something?
2: I think so, yeah. I mean, just from what
0: we mm. know, three straight DNPs. I gotta be honest, Daigle. Ian Harditz has been winning all season long. For someone to go down in this back, someone to emerge as a lead running back. We've all been waiting for it. And it not be Alexander Madison in this Vikings backfield. And you are just speaking music to his ears right now. I love it. Like I said, it depends on Madison's injuries.
2: And I would say... Uh, Boone got two, t- uh, four carries inside the 10 yesterday when he came in for Dalvin Cook, 11 carries to Abdullah's five yeah. from that point forward, but four of Abdullah's five carries came once Boone had already rushed for two touchdowns. It was literally Boone's backfield and that's it.
0: Well, luckily all three are really talented football players, yeah. including Dalvin Cook. And this is also a system that can create yards for their backs. And then you had a Mike Boone who was either the most or second most athletic player at the running back position coming out of Cincinnati. Preseason superstar. Ranked him higher than anyone else coming out in the world. Um, And then you also have Alexander Madison. It wouldn't be shocking, though, Ian, and again, we don't have this information right now, that if Alexander Madison is cleared, that he's the lead running back in this situation heading into Sunday.
1: Yeah, I think he's always been the favorite to be the lead running back, and only our disagreement came down to Madison versus Tony Pollard. And I just thought that Pollard... If something happened to Zeke or something happened to Dalvin, he had the more secure three-down role because of Mike Boone, because of M- Amir Abdullah, who, even if he is the clear backup, we do still see him in on pass-downs, and we mm-hmm. have seen that a little bit all season. But, no, if Madison's healthy, it's just we don't really know his health right now. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I think he's still the favorite to be over Boone, but I, I see him more in the 12-15 to 15 touch range and not 20-plus. The only
2: reason I'm saying Boone is because of the injury to Madison. Right. If Madison's yeah. cleared, I will say Madison over Boone.
0: Okay, here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. Let's say you, at the end of your bench, have people like, I don't know, Evan Ingram and Meikle Hardman. Would you just dump both to go after both Alexander Madison and Mike Boone in your bench? Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and, I mean, now's the
0: time to eliminate all the fat. On I would your probably.
2: Bench. I mean, I would be dumping guys like Curtis Samuel. Any guy you're not oh. starting, you have to dump. <laughs> Any guy you're not starting, you have to dump to I make agree. your team
1: better. Unprovoked shot at Curtis Samuel. This you, is you, like you
2: this right. is this is the week where like you're going to the beach next week. You have to trim it all down. Uh, and by the way, Tony Pollard will to be in something. the waiver wire column. But if you want to be ranking backups, like. 12 of Pollard's 14 carries came in the second half when the Cowboys were up by three scores already, so. I
1: can't believe you want to cut
0: Christian McCaffrey's handcuff. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, that's it. Did I miss anything? Nope. Should we move on? I think we covered it all. All right, we'll be back later on this week. Actually, a little preview here, Ian. We talked about this. You know, everyone's doing these lists to finish out the decade. They get a lot of clicks. So, you know, we're going to dive into that just a little bit. Ian and I are going to reveal... Our top five pl- favorite players from the last decade of just watching NFL football. Yeah. it should be fun. It's gonna be a great yeah. one. Interesting. That'll be on Wednesday. You don't care, John Daigle. You said I'm so glad I'm not doing that podcast. Well, oh, you're not supposed
2: to tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a list. I'm not like a all-decade list guy. Like anytime someone talks about the Hall of Fame, I check out immediately.
0: I'm very. excited It's just excited not my
2: passion. It. Oh, yeah, it'll yeah, be a fun one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to ready to you as well.
0: All. Not you, Daigle. Everyone out there listening, <laughs> uh, thank you all for tuning in. Again, Roto-World Live will be this Saturday. We'll be back on Thursday and Friday this week as well. So for John, for Ian, I'm Josh. Talk to you soon. See ya.
1: Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find?
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.